0: And stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping, midwayusa.com.
1: You're listening to the Hunt and Land Man Podcast. This is Slade Priest, your host, the and Land Man. Right buck down here on opening day. If you're interested in rack bucks and real estate and everything that has to do with hunting property, this is the podcast for you. Well, here we go, another edition of the Hunting Land Man podcast. As we always start this thing out, I asked New Ryan what episode we're on, and I actually know right now we're on number 19, uh, and our goal was 20 in, uh, on our first year. And February 1st is uh, 20, so we, I mean, is a year, so we've got. Uh, we got a week or so before we um we get to our hopefully get to our goal. Well, uh we got a kind of a different episode today. I've got one of my fellow co-workers Brent Barron uh, here with me and we're going to talk about uh, so you want to be a realtor. Um, you know, being that the land business and the housing business, residential, you name it, is hot right now. Everybody's getting into real estate. But before we dive into that, as always, the Huntland Man podcast is brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. Brent and I both have some good friends and colleagues that work at Southern Ag Credit. If it's Austin or if it's Alex or Nathan, any of that crew, they take really good care of us. They've been a sponsor of a Huntland Man podcast since day one, and they really do take really good care of our clients, us personally, pretty much everybody that owns land and offices work with them. They do a great job. Well, Brent, we're going to dive into this thing. Uh, I know Brent's. I just see it in his eyes every time I see him. He couldn't wait to get on the podcast. So here you go, Brent. Here's your opportunity. But uh, we're gonna um, we're gonna dive into this thing. You know that intro right there had those turkeys gobbling. It uh, you know we're winding down deer season. What we're recording this on the 24th, so we got a week left of deer season. Got seven days left. I uh, killed me a fat doe with my bow this weekend, and um, I've already started thinking of transitioning cameras and stuff to turkeys. What about you?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty strong on the mind right now, for sure
1: it's um you know our turkeys is from really right now until march 1st if you get a pretty decently cool morning you can expect to possibly hear one Mm -hmm. gobble you know they'll start doing it thankfully we've had some really cold temperatures so they're not doing it too much yet sometimes that can be a problem for us right but right here it's been uh it's it's been pretty cool uh brent uh i know you can't say too much because i know some behind the scenes but uh you're after one pretty hard huh
2: yeah i'm after a big deer right now and he's playing cat and mouse he's still nocturnal but i'm gonna stay on him till the end of the season we'll see what happens
1: well hopefully brent can get on that big deer my goal for the rest of the season um is I, i really want to kill two or three more does with my bow if i if i get a good buck on camera he's moving but i've been dealing with that target panic and the other day i made a perfect shot on that doe and it's you know it's all between the ears brent's a big archer and competition archer and he knows that and i and you know, I want to end the season with some really good shots and just go into next season knowing that sort of thing. I've already got some plans about fixing my – really attacking my target panic. We're going to do some episodes on that this summer. I'm going to get um, one of the um, – it's – what do you call it, Brent? Back tension. No, it's not back tension, but it's – uh, you know, you have to pull it a certain amount to make it go off um, – a Carter like makes one, a, not yeah, like a, it's a tension release. Tension, but that's it's tension. got a trigger. Right, right, right. right, right. That's what uh, that's what I'm gonna work on as far as trying to tackle it. I talked to a lot of people at the ATA about the problem and. Um, it seems to be the good, but man, it was good this weekend. That old doe walked up her big old doe and she was like 20 yard. I don't she top in, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I put it right there. And my hesitation was to hurry up my shot. I said, just take your time. She was looking the other way at another deer walking up. Mine smoked her and it felt good. All right, let's dive into why we're doing this podcast. So give you all a little backstory. Um, I'm going to let Brent tell it. Brent, uh, how long you work, been working at uh, Southern States Realty? Where'd you start? I know all this stuff, but let's let our viewers know. So that we know where you come
2: from. Right, so I've been with Southern States Realty since October of 2019, and before I came here, I worked for a company called Crylike uh, Stebbin Realtors out of Liberty, and I got my license in 2016, so technically I'm, I'm working on my sixth year in real estate. And Brent
1: was on a previous episode, who's now it's now uh, what McMillan Land and, uh, and Realty, great right. friend of right. ours both, and uh, that's who Brent used to work for. Well, what is um kind of tell me about your like you've been, I mean, can you imagine going to work at a company like this, and then what's happened in the market in the last two years?
2: Right, man, it's it's really been just a, a huge change for me. My my business has gone through the roof in the last couple of years, but especially with you know the the current conditions, the buyers, the uh, with the just the big surge of people looking for land and trying to get out of more. Um more, you know, I guess what the right word would be city centralized right. areas and things. but the last the last three years for me have been really, really good. the the boost in my business, just being with a company like Southern states Realty and, and Realtree United countries, I think it has done only one thing for me, and that's just really catapulted catapulted me into another uh, level of opportunity for sure.
1: And Brent had a, nut, I think your best year ever this year. Right. Last two years been your best right. year ever, um, yeah. and you know that has a lot to do with the market. But look, I talk to agents all over the country, and you know you hear the excuses. Oh, no inventory. You don't think me and Brent are mm-hmm. dealing with that too? Oh, no, this yep. or that. But I've seen Brent. Brent pays attention. He watches other agents in the office. He's down there with, uh, with Stuart and Jeff, who's on the phone constantly working deals, and you you can't help but learn. Whenever there's, you know, you are who you hang around. And when you get that kind of work ethic and listen to those guys doing deal, it inspires you and it makes you want to work harder. And I know that's work for Brent. Um, And, you know, Brent's a uh, forester. We'll probably have him on uh, maybe this summer or something talking about improving your place, forestry, that sort of thing. And we'll save that for that time. But we're going to dive right into this thing. Um, All right, so I want to do this podcast because Brent and I and every other realtor who's decently successful – you know, Hey, I want to get into real estate. And it's really easy right now. It is. If you have a good listing, it's selling fast right now. There's not a lot of negotiation. Now there is problem, but in general, real estate is a little easier from (coughs) getting stuff sold right now. The market's hot, if you will. All right. So everybody's wanting to get into real estate, which I think, Hey, it's great. Competition is good. It's a good business to be in. Uh, gonna. I'm going to be very blunt with this whole thing. And, and, and that. I just want people to know what it is to, to be the hunting land man or to be the agent, you know, getting into real estate. And this is going to be a lot to do with the land business, but it really has to do with the residential and commercial too. It's all the same as far as, you know, getting into the business and what it means. All right, I'm going to just do some statistics so that I got new Ryan to pull earlier. I knew a lot of this stuff, but I want to make sure I was right. All right, an average salary uh, for, for an agent in the country, this is not new or old. This is just an average. It's forty six thousand three hundred eighty bucks. So uh, that would be, I think, uh, I, that would not only even think would get you to middle class. I think that would be lower than middle class, especially with inflation right now. The average first year agent, average first year agent makes fifteen thousand. Eighty four percent of realtors are happy in real estate. I bet they're stressed too. Uh, the top ten percent of agents work sixty to seventy hours a week. All right, so let's just do a little math there. I'm going to do this as we as we go down through there. But, uh, you know, if you work 60 to 70 hours a week, we're going to average that 65 hours. And if you make $46,380 divided by 65, you're making $7.13 an hour. Make sure I did that right. 46, oh, I got to do that by 12. I definitely did that wrong. <laughs> 12 divided by... All right, you're making about four dollars an hour. I was way off. Mm. so you're making about four dollars an hour. Uh, so you know McDonald's is hiring if you want to make a little more money. I think they're paying you fifteen right yeah, now, about right? Fifteen start now. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I did that right. God, that's freaking me out. Now I I, I fortunately make more than forty six thousand uh, a year, but still that that that's so that's forty six thousand divided by twelve. That's thirty eight sixty five and thirty and fifteen thousand no. Thirty-eight sixty-five. I'm gonna to have to come back on the math. New Ryan, figure that math up for me. Figure out is he even listening? He's not even listening. He's zoned in. Good job, New Ryan. Passed the test. Anyway, I'll figure that up later. All right. Um, so, uh, the suggested money you spend on. Uh, on marketing each year is ten percent. So if you're making forty six thousand three hundred eighty bucks, you need to spend forty six thousand and thirty eight dollars. I mean forty six hundred and thirty eight dollars. And eighty percent. This is this is what really is astounding. Eighty seven percent of agents fail in their first five years. So that means if hundred agents get their license, there's only thirteen left after five years. And then the median expenses every year is about sixty two ninety is what people spend. All right. Um, you know, what Britain I sell is a little higher priced than I would say the most, you know, have you have you ever figured up your average price
2: I just know in where we're at mm-hmm. in general in southwest Mississippi. Your your average per acre land value around here's in the 3 to 3300 mm-hmm. acre range. Right, That's right. what I tell everybody. And
1: and you know, what I was asking Brent, you know, like my average sale is about eight hundred thousand. So they're one maybe three million and one maybe you know two hundred fifty thousand, but they average out to eight hundred thousand. Gotcha. But um, you know, everybody wants to get into real estate, and what they see, you know, is this on purpose. They see Brent and I in the mornings going out to work, li- new listing. Oh man, look, we got these new trail camera pictures of the new listing. Oh man, we're doing some timber. We're doing some stuff. I'm working with a landowner about improving his land, getting ready for sale. All fun things probably more of the reason we got into real estate than anything because we like being outdoors and that's what we grew up doing. Right. But, you know, what What the public doesn't see, they see the closing sign and sold and, you know, we don't hold up big checks or anything, but people aren't stupid. They can do the math. You know I mean? You know, it, it is a well-paying job uh, if you're doing a good job. At it. Well, what they don't see, and my wife, if she was sitting right here, she'd be shaking her head yes, not I'm no, and, you know, is... If it's 8.30 at night and the right phone number pops up, you know, I, I've got to answer the phone. Now, there's certain times I'm like, you know what? I've answered it enough today. And, and kind of to show you what what I mean by that is I figured it up because I knew I was doing this podcast. Do y'all know since I, I started answering the phone about 7 this morning, I was up at 5.30 working out. At 7, I started answering the phone before I brought Asa to school. I've been on 44 phone calls before lunch. Yep. I mean... And that's a Monday, you know, that's that's like pretty normal. I, I thought about it when I was sitting at lunch. I was like, I phone a lot today. And then I counted it up, 44 phone calls. So if I wasn't doing this podcast and average out, I'd probably be over 100 before the end of the day. Because guess what happens at five? Nothing. Right. In fact, the phone calls may pick up. And so that, you know, you keep doing it and, and, and you, it's it never ends, which is good. I like it because real estate, you can go golfing all afternoon and go fishing or go hunting all afternoon and make nothing. Or you can work your butt off and make as much as you want. So it's a cool business to be in. And work-life like work balance, if somebody else figures it out, let me know because I ain't got it. I ain't even close to figuring it out yet. <laughs> now, on Sundays, I try to never show property on Sundays unless I absolutely have to. Like, for instance, the other day I showed a property on Sunday after church because my client was having surgery on Monday. He said, I need to go look at this before it gets off the mark or joining track. So I didn't want to, but I made an exception there. I went to church, did everything with my family and hustled back. <coughs> There's certain things that I don't, you know, I, I'm going to make, I'm never going to go show a piece of property and not go to church. I feel like if I put God first in those sort of thing, he's going to take care of my business and he always have. Well, I'm going to start asking Brent some of these questions, um, you know, because I want to get his perspective and Brent's not a new agent, but he's a newer agent than I have. I've been doing it since. So I think this is my fifteenth or sixteenth year in real estate. I'm getting old, and that's one thing people say. Oh, Slade just got into real estate. He's a young guy. He's some. <laughs> I've been doing it a long time. Right. You know, I've I, I've been almost twenty years in this game. And I'm getting old. That's where all this gray hair comes from. All right, Brent. Some of the things I wrote down. Okay, clients want these days with social media and technology and stuff like that. Client, talk about how clients want information fast.
2: I think that most of them want information fast in the sense that they want to know about a listing that they saw on Facebook or they may have saw on a website, and if you can't get it to them really fast, a lot of times they're going to call somebody else, and that's just that's the business we're in. And so, like Slade said earlier, we have to hustle and do our job by getting them all the information they need and also you know, being available at any time to answer those questions after five is – no exception. I mean, just kind of backing up to what Slade said a while ago, you know, time, your schedule, and our time is is not like any other job out there.
1: Tell them um, who sets your schedule.
2: The, the clients. Exactly. The clients.
1: And, and the first thing people think is, oh, well, you get to set your own schedule. Right. Yeah, good right. luck with that.
2: Exactly. But I just got through with a closing last month, and that closing – that property that we we contracted and, and we closed on was the twenty third property I had show showed the buyer.
1: That's the buyer, no? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yep. Now and it was over a year process, but that just goes to show you that was twenty three showings, or the twenty third showing was the one I finally made a check off of. The other ones, all the other days, the time, the meeting, and driving to and from an hour and a half. And this away. particular
1: client, I know for a fact. That Brent had to come borrow my tractor to pull that client out one yep. day. Yep. I mean, Off so you, you know, it wasn't place. it wasn't just it wasn't just going to show a property on a Wednesday or Thursday or Saturday. Heck, he was helping put lime out that day. Right,
2: day. right. We had actually contracted another place, and we were, I was helping them do work on that. So you know, we don't just go ride around in the pickup truck and show property and go to closings. I mean, we we do everything from start to finish, and we try to help our clients out. So
1: that's right, and and you know it's. It's what you don't see on the social media things. I'm looking right now up at my pending list and the things I have pending. And three of those properties, pending, four of them, have severe complications. I almost said problems, but complications in the closing uh, that will have to be handled. Like, if I don't help get it done, it will not get done. And, like, some of those things, when you figure out what you've got paid per hour, like, i got a 10 acres up there. By the time I calculate what i got in that thing... Uh, I mean, I ain't making nothing, right. you know I mean? So, you know, it's a lot of that stuff behind the scenes that the clients will never see. But, you know, it's all part of the job not complaining. That's just facts. Um, and like talking about the info fast, Brent is, and I know Brent, when I say this, Brent's going to say yours are absolutely right. What will happen is the reason Brent knows that is I guarantee you he waited an hour or a day. Or, or, or got a call on a Friday and called the guy on a Monday and they said, Oh, I already talked to such and such about it. Yep. They're going to show it to me. And so let's just use a, an average sale. Let's use a $500,000 sale at a 6% commission. you know, it's 30 grand. That just cost Brent $15,000 in commission by not answering a phone or being on the other line. Something. Yeah. And and you think about five hundred. and you put that on a $2 million listing, mm-hmm. you know? And so you it almost gives you anxiety. It's like, I got like if I have emails or missed calls on my phone, I got to call them back because I do not want to get the call. And somebody said, well, I'm working with such and such. And then it's like, I know I'm better than such and such. I, I, I mean, and it's not that you weren't trying to answer the phone, but like, you know, sometimes you have to hit pause and take your wife deer hunting or go deer hunting yourself. Like, like I've not seemed to get enough chances to do this year. So it's a, it's a crazy deal. Um, I got my next thing on here, and, and I got the words out of Brent's mouth: is a land grab. The market right now is stupid. That's
2: that's the only word for it. I mean, it's it's crazy. I've got I've
1: got a property like like I'm sure if if, if you got a hundred like let's say you had a hundred acres come out and you work Amet County a lot. Let's say you had a hundred acres come in a good area in Ament County right now and had three food plots on it. A two acre pond and a nice campsite or a camp on it. You would almost need to say, All right, we're gonna do open house from eight to five on Saturday. Like like forget trying to get all the showings in. Like
2: opening day or putting it on the market. Here's your chance. Yeah, here's
1: your chance. We'll yeah. be accept I I'm I'm actually doing that right now. I have a I have a place that we have um right now we just listed. I got a ninety five percent asking price offer on it. And my client soon as soon as we listed it, he said, "Hey I don't want to accept any offers till Wednesday at seven which is two and a half days from now so we're going we've got two offers coming in possibly more and it's I know the the residential agents are dealing with this left and right with multiple offers and stuff but land we don't deal with that near as much because it's right. so specific mm-hmm. but it is it's crazy right now have you had any crazy stories of stuff
2: like that man I had before the end of the year I had a 40 acre listing and another one that never even hit the market. And we contracted it probably, I'm just off the top of my head, 92, 93% ask, mm-hmm. of asking price. And, you know, it was like if I'd done the same thing that Slade said and set up a day and said, look, we're not accepting any offers till, you know, three to five business days, we probably could have got 100%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just if it's the right place and it's priced correctly, I think it's not going to last.
1: I had a client say something this weekend that was right a million percent and wrong some percent at the same time, but I'm, I'm leaning more towards right. He said, Slade, look, I don't care if I'm paying 3000 or 4000 an acre for this. He said, because in 25 years, he's my age. He said, in 25 years, me and you are going to be looking back and saying, dude, we could have bought all this for three or 4000 an acre. Why didn't we buy it all? He said, that's my opinion of it right now.
2: And he's so right. I tell people all the time, I mean, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. what was land in Amont County or Wilkinson County worth? Right. And and people can sit there and spit it out. And I said, okay, 20 years from now, what are you going to be sitting on if you buy this place?
1: Exactly. And I think what something to do with that land grab, of course, with inflation right now, people with lots of cash, you're seeing a bunch of cash, deals mm-hmm. more than usual because people are protecting their investment. Right. Land isn't going up as fast as inflation is going up. And... You know, you could put it in Bitcoin or you can put it in the market or whatever like that. But no turkeys ever strut in the nope. market. Nope. And, that, and that's a real real deal. You heard it here first. All right. Um, my next thing on here, since I got Brent on here, uh, what? And look, Brent, and they've got they got a great business over there. What have you seen different working over here? How do you like? First of all, United Country, a corporate, you know, real United Country, and how do you like? Southern States Realty, and just bring it. tell me what you like about both and, and do's and don'ts, and and what is that doing for you versus what Brent's doing for you?
2: I really think, and not just where I used to work, but any other brokerages out there, I really think that if you're thinking about getting your real estate license or, or have thought about it before, you really need to think about the fact that who you're going to go to work for how are they going to step up to the plate for you? And, you know, where I'm at now with Southern States, we have a great marketing team. We have a national and international presence. I mean, we've been the number one office internationally 11 times out of 13 years. I mean, it's, it's, it's a difference working for a company like this that that puts your listings out there in front of the masses. And, and that's what we can offer people is we're able to put our listings out there and get more views than just about anybody else in the market. And, you know, for me personally, it was working for a company that's able to do that, but also for a brand. United Country's a brand. true United Country's a brand. And I think that has a lot of, you know, marketing power. One of the strongest real estate companies in the world, really. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on it. But, I mean, it's it's all about a team, too. I mean we've got a great team here. Slade, he's one of the top agents in the country within United Country. I mean, we all pick up on things that you know, we watch each other do that work and and help us be more, you know, profitable and and, and be more um active in in getting listings, selling listings. I mean, there's all things that we help each other do. So, we work as a team and I think we're we do a pretty good good job at it. So,
1: yeah, I just snap a selfie. I always forget to do a picture whenever we're doing it, so I did just snap a selfie. Um, I I totally agree with Brent. It's um you know we and, and Brent, cool story was actually I'm not going to say any names. Was the company that I was thinking about going to work for or opening a franchise with is the same one Brent was thinking about going to work for before he came over here. So cool cool backstories there. And as a lot of y'all know, I worked for Moss Oak Properties before this and. Um, I've best thing I ever did was come over to, to United country and realize that that's we're doing this. So you want to get your real estate license. So I guess that's something we need to touch on. What are you looking for when you want a company? Uh, You know, want to work for a company and the first thing everybody do, what percentage do you do? Well, the better question is what do you get for your percentage? Right. Like I was at 70, 30 at Mossy Oak properties. Hell, I wasn't getting nothing for it. Right. You know, they had a website. That was about it. I mean, I could have took one deal and bought my own website, and they have a good website. But, I mean, you know, what are you getting for your percentage? What kind of work atmosphere? What kind of team? Like Scott, that's one thing Scott Lindsay, our broker, is I would say, I would put him up against anybody in the country as far as a problem solver in real estate. I mean, he is an exceptional problem solver, and he actually takes pride in if one of the girls has a problem with a house and like fixing that problem, then mm-hmm. doesn't really benefit him that much because it's usually not not that huge of a deal. But he takes pride to be able to fix it when nobody else can. So, you know, you got that team of people that you know can help you with this or provide this, and we've got you know Melissa at the front desk and Miss Robin behind the scenes and Tara. We've got we've got a system here, and that's one thing that when where I came from, there was no system exactly like okay, we're going to do this with the listing. We're going to go here and we're going to go out on this email list. And it's like, okay. And then, so I've already seen Brent doing it. If I do this, continue to do this and multiply it. Well, my income just multiplies, it just, you know, it just stack right. it on, stack it on top of each other. And, you know, it's not, Brent will tell you, we're not a, just trying to hire as many agents as possible. That is the model for some companies. We're trying to hire the right, right agents. Um, you know, and the, the, we want to be the Yankees. It, it, and what I mean by the Yankees, if you're sitting on the bench for the Yankees, you're still pretty good. Yep. You know, and and that's 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 what we want to be. Now we got some of our agents that don't do as much as others because they like to hunt too much. But uh, who will? <laughs> <laughs> oh well. But anyway, um, let me get. Uh, all right, I asked everybody in the office before we did this podcast. Um, you know, this is so you want to be a realtor, new agent Brent what's going to set an agent apart from from being successful or not what's your opinion
2: you know you just talked about where before we worked here and and you know the difference of working somewhere else and here you know if you want to work for you know one of the top com- companies brokerages in the in the country or in your you know general area you've got to offer it. bring something to the table i mean you have to have something that you specialize in and you know, having a background in, in land sales, or a background in timber management, or, or maybe even appraisal, or something like that, that's gonna that's gonna set you apart from everybody else. But you know, companies like Southern State Southern States Realty. I mean, if I was just fresh out of college and had no experience, you know it might be hard to get a job with somebody like that. You might have to go get some experience for a few years somewhere else and prove yourself. And
1: there's nothing wrong with that. No. I mean, you were living proof no. of that. Exactly.
2: Nothing wrong with
1: going to work at maybe not your number one to figure it out and say, all right, you need to hire me now. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, exactly. Um, you know, uh, keep on this topic as far as, you know, what a new agent could be doing you know, Brent said, you know, Brent comes from forestry and he's from the local area, uh, you know, and he has that kind of background. You know, if you're just a new agent and, and all your qualification is, I have my license. I mean, congratulations. Right. Like, and, and listen, I know a lot of agents out there are going to listen to this or people like <clears throat> when you when you get your real estate license, you don't know crap. Let me say that one more time. When you get your real estate license, you don't know crap. When you go to real estate school, all they teach you is how to pass that test. You have... And I... Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to this, when you get out of school, like if you you go the first day and somebody wants to look at a house and write a contract, let me tell you, you don't know how. You don't know what to put in the boxes. You don't know how to protect your client. Like New Ryan... The way New Ryan has learned, he's working under me for two years or more, whatever. And new Ryan can do anything now because I mean the volume we do and what the the jobs he's over there working right now he's writing a contract right now and the things that he can do versus that's the way he's learning (coughs) so when he gets done he's going to be like oh well yes I'm a new agent I'm just doing this myself not under Slade but I've done this 200 times right
2: like And and he's got a a great opportunity to learn. But just think about somebody, like you said, that came out of passing their their real estate test. Think about somebody coming out of college and starting – or actually coming out of high school Mm -hmm. and going to work at a factory. They're not going to start up there with engineers. They're going to start at the bottom. And they're going to have to figure things out and Mm -hmm. work their way up and learn the system. And if they keep doing better – they're going to gradually get the step up, you know, and I think that's got a lot to do with real estate. If you come in, you know, fresh with no experience and don't really know what your expertise is going to be, you know, that's just it's part of the learning curve. And like you said, what, how, what was the percentage? Of how uh, 87%
1: people?
2: are new agents fail in the first five years. So if you... I guess to say it in a in a summary, if you want to get your real estate license, you better be dedicated and you better be willing to learn and adjust to the curves because it's 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 a whole different ball game than an eight to five job mm-hmm. for sure. I figured
1: out how to do that math. I was looking for you. You just made me think about it. Remember the number thirty two fifty. Just that's how many hours you work if you work fifty hours at 65, it's 46, six mm-hmm. three eighty. What was the number I told you? I remember 3250. 3250. Fourteen. It is $14 an hour, okay? $14 an hour, so McDonald's, you can make more at McDonald's. McDonald's and steady. guess what happens at McDonald's? When you leave, you don't care if the place burns down. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, There's no worry. There is. I can't tell you how many times I get up in the middle of the night, uh, one of the babies is crying, dog, whatever, I use the bathroom, whatever, and I'm like, oh, crap. And I have to put stuff in my phone to remember the next day that I thought about in my dreams, because if I don't, I can't go back to sleep. That's the real estate business in a nutshell. You know, it's, exactly. a, you know, the things, and, and all this, you know, it goes to protecting your client, making sure they're getting the right property. You're not forgetting to do something. Oh my gosh, I forgot to put, you know, it's a $2 million deal and you forgot to put just the washer or dryer state in mm-hmm. the mobile home that's on the place. I mean, this is, this real, is real, real life situation. I have, yes. I'm actually buying an ice machine because of this right now. <laughs> it was a $5 million deal, but. Neither here nor there. But anyway, um, All right. Uh, what, something that I put talking about a new agent, what I see in the real estate business that applies to all facets of life is the people in this office, of Southern States Realty, or the people out there in, in the land business in general, the people that work real hard, they make the money, they make the sales. Mm-hmm. The people that lollygag around and, you know, they – They golf on Tuesdays all day. I mean, and that's fine. It's fine if you want to make a living like that. But what I tell people, like
0: constantly,
1: constantly people, I'm thinking about getting my real estate license on the side or whatever. And I'm brutally honest with people. I say, okay, so you're going to get your real estate. You already got a business, right? Yeah, okay, so that's how you make a living for your family. I said, well, this is how I make a living for my family with no other business. I make a living. I said, so the day you get your real estate license, your competition like, and that's not against you, but I'm coming to win for my family. And if you get up at 5 and work till 7, guess what? I'm going to get up at 3 and work till 9. I'm not going to lose. Like, I think about that every morning I'm working out. I'm like, there's somebody out there wanting what I got, and they better get they better get up earlier because they come coming to get it. And I love it. You know, so I wasn't built for the NFL or, or NBA or nothing like that, but I was built for this. I love what I do. And that's something, if you're getting into this thing, I hear, oh, yeah, man, I'm gonna get my real estate license and hunt all the time, Slade. I'm gonna tell you who didn't get to hunt a lot this year is me. Yeah. Like, and, and that's because, and, and Brent, Brent's the same way as me. On Saturday at two, you got a cold front moving in. If a guy wants to go look at a $2 million listings a years, you gotta go. You gotta go because you owe that to your seller. Because a lot of times a working guy, that's the only day he can look is on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. So, you know, you, you owe that to your seller, you're selling that property for just. To not go hunt your deer, right. and and do that. Now, fortunately, nobody really likes to look at land super early in the morning. So, turkey season, this doesn't apply as much. And a lot, of, I've actually met clients on property that said, "I don't get the landowner to let us go turkey hunting on it before we look at it." And That works good too. That is the best thing about the real estate land business is different places you get to turkey hunt. Probably, probably number one. Yeah, that beats pay. Yeah, you can't you can't buy good turkey spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but back to what I was saying, the work ethic, man, that, that you know, the people that work and put in a lot of hours, the people that go out that door, me and Brent are on Snapchat all the time, like, where are you all at? You know, am I still at the office? The people that leave that door and get in that door and spend more time here in the office, working out, showing property, doing that on the phone, those are the people who make the sales. And the thing about it is, you know, Okay, so I was on 44 phone calls this morning. Let's say average Monday I'm on, let's say, 100. Let's just use that because it's a round figure. I'm on a 100 phone calls. Probably only two or three of those actually even mattered. Right. So you got to make that many to get to this small percentage, you know, that actually ended up in a sale. Because, you know, I, the people out there listening, you know, I can go show you properties for 15 Saturdays over the next two years. And then you can ride by a sign a for sale by owner and say, I saw our slate. I, I bought this track. And it's no yep. skin off your back. Right. But I took 15 Saturdays away from my family. I made from my hunting. Spent my gas. And I didn't ever ask you nothing for it. I'm probably not going to get mad because it's, it's happened to me so much. But, like, you know, that's 15 Saturdays. My little boy grew up and my little girl grew up. I didn't get to spend with them because I was trying to serve my clients. Not complaining. But this is real life and real estate. Right. All right, so I uh, we kind of touched on this. We'll touch on. It. I, I I did hours. Um, what's your what's your average work day? What's your you know what's your kind of weekly deal?
2: Man, it it really depends on. It. A lot of my work schedule depends on the weather. I mean, and like right now we've got a chance of rain this afternoon and tomorrow. Well, I went ahead and canceled off everything and knew I needed to be at the office or doing something you know office based, but. You know, on average, I would say 50, 60 hours a week that I'm on the phone, making maps, going to look at property, looking at timber, you know, just the mix of it all. I mean, I would say that's a that's average. And that's not landscape. including the
1: Saturday and Sunday phone calls, text messages, the right. emails, and, and that sort of thing. Right. I'd, I'd mm-hmm. say that that's about it. And, look, some weeks it's 100. And, you know, fortunately, some weeks it's a lot. You know, some weeks it's less. And it has to do with, you know, what listings you have, right? You get forty acres by the national forest. You get a lot of phone calls, honey. Ryan, that's <laughs> like, where, did you get that place contracted? Oh yeah, Ryan just got that forty contracted. Good job, Ryan. It He's signing it now. He said so. Uh, you you'd say fifty to sixty hours a week average. You know
2: that's that's on average. But like Slade said, if if you're working, just say you work four Saturdays Saturdays in a row. If you wake up at five thirty and you leave and you go meet up with clients and you show property till dark. I mean, you're in a 14 hour day before you get home. So,
1: and you, this is a good question: How far is your average listing from your house? Hour. So that's that's the same way as mm-hmm. me. Like like an hour is actually pretty close. Like if yeah. I'm running up to Yazoo County, I mean, right. two or three hours. Okay, mm-hmm. so you, let's say two hours. You know, two hours on the way. Two hours. You got to include a lunch in there. I mean, it's a day, right? And, and you know, if you're looking at two, three, four hundred plus acres, you know, right. it's two to three hours on the track. That's not included when you got up and you had to make the maps and print out mm-hmm. the maps and the internet didn't work. And you have to
2: do that if you don't do that the day before you're getting up at four yeah. thirty five o'clock in the yep. morning. So
1: and, and and look, none of this is complaining. Just want to educate. It's realistic. This is this is how it is. And I love it. I love every aspect of it. Um and and I try to pride myself in being better and better and better and, and doing more and more technology. And when I look at the competition out there I watch them and they and look I pay attention like anything that's trackable on my social media. I watch the other agents pay attention and they are and they're paying attention to do it. What's that doing to me? Got some good. And in fact, probably the next podcast, maybe two from now, we're going to announce what we've got going on with hunting land, man, which is going to be huge. Never been done in the outdoor um real estate world and we're super excited about that and that's just us stepping up the game, being better for our clients, trying to trying to make this thing better and better grow southern states Realty grow hunting land man and uh, better exposure for our clients and our listings um all right here's a, here's a good one uh Brent everybody you heard it a million times how much hunting I bet you get a lot of hunting time Brent and that, you know you, you get real estate and you set your own schedule right
2: Mm-hmm. that that question used to for me before I came here you know it might be a little different but if you're busy and you're doing your job, your hunting time goes way down. Yes, I do. Being in the real estate business, I have gained access to a lot of different properties for turkey hunting, deer hunting, you know, leases, things like that. But my hunting time, I've I've probably cut it in half, if not more, from last year and the year before that. I mean, the technology we have with cell cameras, things like that, that helps. But... In general, with time, I mean, the the last two months of last year, I literally, I think I counted I hunted four or five times in two months, and and I love bow hunting just as much as Slade or anybody else out there does. But it's, I mean, it's it's pretty demanding right now. I mean, it, it hadn't slowed down a whole lot, but yeah, it when it's when the market's like it is now, and we just you gotta we don't make have hay it as, exactly.
1: I figured it up the day when I, I shot that deer in my boat this weekend. I didn't kill a deer in December.
2: I haven't killed a deer all deer season. You
1: haven't kill a deer all year? Mm-hmm. Oh man, you, you Well, been, we'll let, me, let me, me go let me let
2: me back this up. I killed an elk and I okay. filled up two freezers and my wife killed a deer in Illinois and I've passed up several waiting on the You on need the right to go boy. kill a
1: doe or something. I, I
2: need. I need to. So, I need to. you know
1: I thought about it this weekend while sitting on the stand as a, not a lot of service. So you do a lot of thinking, mm-hmm. um, my card game that I play, I, you know, I beat it a billion times. It's, it's getting old. And I thought about it. My hunting before trained assassins, we guided at Tatum a lot and we hunted around. And my hunting was, I would usually find one deer that I'd hunt a year. And then I'd, I'd usually hunt, you know, out of state Kansas or Illinois, something like that. But my hunting around here was doe hunting. Like, mm-hmm. like I was never, like, really worried about if I was going to shoot a, a bird, mature buck. I was going killing does and hogs. And, like, I killed 23 deer with my bow one year. And that was all legal. There was tags on DMAP stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, I had just as much fun then as tagging out on bucks. I mean, look, I was shooting, son, and I killed. When she walked within 50 yards, good chance she was dead. But that was fun. And I thought about this weekend as, like, you know, I need to – have less time than I used to. I need to get a little bit more to that. Quit worrying about, hey, is this big bit moving? Go shoot a deer and have fun.
2: Right. Go somewhere and just put some seat time in. Yeah.
1: yeah. And because it is, it is fun. You know, get, I'm a gear, I like all my stuff. You know, I'm a good sight, a good, you know, and, and when you get up there and it all works out right, you say, man, that was fun. You know, and so I, I want to kind of get, try to get back to that. But to talk about what we we're talking about, you do get less hunting time. I will say there would probably be a job turkey hunting time I'll probably get more because I do turkey hunt every morning except Sunday um and I probably couldn't do that with any other job but um you know that's really just because you know if I only turkey hunt for an hour and a half in the morning I still get to work before everybody else does mm-hmm. you know and and maybe if I only have an hour to hunt look if he don't come to me off the limb I'm just gonna leave you know and you know if I don't have anything going on and heck I'm doing an hour and a half I'm going check another spot exactly you know on the way to a listing, of course. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, let's talk about um, Brent. I know you're big on this. What uh, you know, a lot of agents where they see and where they get excited about getting into the real estate business is social media. Mm-hmm. And I guess what all, only thing they see is like sold. Oh, congratulations to our client. Right. You know, um, do you think that the social media has played into why so many people want to get in the business?
2: Yeah, I think it it has because it's easy to post a picture mm-hmm. or, or make a status about a new listing or or whichever but you know in reality there's still a, a rhyme or reason why you do certain things I mean Slade's a great example he's got a, a strong presence on social media and he's doing things that work for him and, and I've even picked up on some of that stuff that he's done and, and others in our office and you know it's just getting views on what you're trying to sell I mean the more you get the better your opportunity in getting that sale. So, I mean, it's it's easy for some people to see that and say, I can do that, and I'll, I'll go get my license. But there's a there's a strategy to it, and and you've got to figure out what works for you.
1: And, you know, social media, I guess, is fun whenever it's just you and you're posting pictures of the bass you caught and the deer you and the turkey you killed. Mm-hmm. But, like, it is a freaking job for me and New Ryan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about, you know, different platforms of pages, you know, like 10 to 12 different <coughs> if it's Mississippi land for sale, Louisiana land for sale, hunting land, man, our personals like finding content to post mm-hmm. is a stinking job. Right. <coughs> and the way the social media algorithms work these days, if you're not constantly putting stuff that not only putting stuff, putting stuff that's relevant, right. your, your stuff's not getting out there. So it is, it, social media is a full time job. All right. I like, this is, this is a really good topic here. All right. As far as you know, I think I think that the reason eighty-seven percent of new agents fail after the first five years is this word right here: discipline. Mm-hmm. If you know, if you wake up in the morning, nobody in real estate is going to tell you, "Hey, this is your job's today." So, and and you don't even know when you get your when you get your real estate, like, you don't even know what to do. <coughs> How do you maintain? All right, I'm going to make sure I put in this many hours. What's what's your, how does that work for you?
2: You know, as busy as we've been the last year, two years with with uh, everything that's going on, it's been different. But I would say, if you don't have a lot of listings, you got to figure out how to get listings. If you aren't working many buyers, you've got to figure out how to get buyers, and uh, <clears throat> that's. I really kind of gauge my, my schedule off of, you know, what's going on, how can I make something better if it isn't moving or, you know, whatever I've got to do to make that sale, that's what I've got to figure out. And if I don't have anything to sell, i got to figure out how to get it. And, you know, following – kind of following what Slade does and what some of our other agents do, you know, you, you step out there and you might have to do something that you're not exactly comfortable with, videos or – uh, putting in time to do extra mail outs or um, just t- going back out to a property you might already have pictures on and stuff and just you know giving a new update something like that whatever it takes that's what you got to figure out how to do but I guess to, to answer your question you know I try to be doing something every day I mean eight to ten hour a day I'm on my phone I'm looking at at MLS you know lamp, was it, Land flip, land, all the land sale websites. I'm just, I've got people in my mind that I'm trying to find something for. I'm trying to stay busy doing that to give myself the opportunity to be profitable. So I guess that would be, you know, every day it's different. You know, if it's raining, I'm gonna try to get in the Mm -hmm. office and do something. If it's sunshine, I'm gonna be out there looking at land or, or trying to find somebody that wants to look at land. So just kind yeah, of really depends.
1: That's one thing about And it takes a little while, but I know Britt's already there, been there, is there's never a time where you say, I need to be doing something. It's, I, I, I do it like this. Anybody out there that owns a large tract of land or has a big hunting lease, you know how when you go, like, there's never a time, oh, I don't have anything I need to do, bush hog trails or whatever, mm-hmm. and cut limbs, whatever. That's how the land business is. There's never a time where you couldn't be marketing a property better. Have better pictures. Check in on your websites. Check with some buyers. Talk to some landowners. Mm-hmm. Follow up on that lead. There's never ever a time, and it's like uh, you just keep your foot to the pedal, right. wide open, and hope you don't run out of gas.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> the uh, and but that's I think why eighty-seven percent of new agents fails if our first five years is the discipline because you can and look I've been guilty of it when I first started. You know, you, you get out there. Let's say you make a good sale and you get a ten, twenty thousand dollar check and you know, hey, I've got a lot of money. You know, boys want to go golf on Thursday afternoon at two. Hey, let's go. When is that next ten or twenty thousand coming?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, when is uh, you know, what if it doesn't come? That's the 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 things that keep me up at night. Uh, when's somebody going to turn the faucet of of the listings and the buyers off? You know, we're in a hot market right now. It's not going to stay like this. I remember, I remember when if you had a two million dollar plus listing, which was not that long ago get ready. You better like to listen to contract for two years because they mm-hmm. don't sell that much. Right. Not the case right now. And it's not always be like that. And I don't, I don't want to ever forget that. And that's why we work so hard at, you know, making hay while the sun shines. And, um, I really do. I think discipline is the reason because it's so easy. It's, uh, you know, you make a little, like on Monday you have a close and you get a $5,000 commission. You know what? Me and, me and the wife really been wanting want to go, go down to the, the beach, the casino. We ought to do that Thursday through the weekend. Bus that 5000 you know, spend 2500 of it. And that's all great. It's in your account. But, like, this, there is, and maybe people out there, listen, you know, we don't get any salary. Like, if you don't make a sale, you don't make any money. It is 100% commission-based at this office anyway, and pretty much every office that I know about. There may be some other ways to start. I think if, you, if somebody really wanted to get into real estate, if you could you know shadow somebody or or if you have another part-time income or something like that that can get you going if it's bartending at night or pressure washing or, or or whatever you're doing you know that's a good way to ease into it but this is what i tell agents all the time i say listen if you're doing it part-time or whatever well i want to do it i got my other job or whatever at daylight when i wake up I am selling land at dark. When I go to sl- after I go to sleep, I'm still thinking about selling land. If you think you're going to compete part time, you're fooling yourself. And that's the thing. When you get your license, you're comp- in Southwest Mississippi or in the Felicianas, you're competing with me and Brent, Don't matter for friends or whatever. And at the end of the day, I may love you. I may like you. We may have friends since we we're kids, but I love Asa Bentley and uh, Rafe and Lori more. And so I'm going to win. I'm going to do everything ethically and, and that sort of thing. So so if you're doing another thing and you're doing this part-time, I don't know. It's just – it's it's something that if you fiddle around in, you're going to get fiddle-around results. Right. It's it, And you hear it. Oh, yeah. I think I can get my real estate license. You know, <laughs> I know a bunch of landowners and I know a bunch of people. And it's like, okay. I, I, that's great. But it's just um, – so people trust us with their largest asset, usually, a house, track of land, that sort of thing. Whenever you buy a track of land, you get an attorney because they're the professional. they making sure you take titles and the money's all taken care of. You get a banker and make sure it's all taken care of. If you're dealing with an agent that's not full-time, eh, they do it on the part-time whenever they got time. This is your largest asset.
2: Largest asset and largest purchase for most people of their life,
1: yeah. So yeah. you want somebody that lives and breathes, and this is all they're doing, thinking about every day. And that's not to pick on part-time agents, but I've got a team. You know, I've gotten big enough now. I got a team. I got four people working with me. We're gonna make sure you're taken care of. We're gonna. Do, we've got transaction coordination. We got uh, Ryan representing buyers. We got Lori working behind the scenes. Me showing out, showing property, doing stuff. We're going to do all these things to get your property sold or find you the right property. If you get somebody that maybe if they get time after their other business or job off, I mean, you just, if you get part, if you're part time, you'll get part time results. That's all, all, right. all I can say on
2: that. I always try to tell people, you know, give me a chance to earn your business. And that's, that's what I like to fall on. And, you know, honestly, if, if you can't offer all these things, somebody else can't. Mm-hmm. And, that's why we work as hard as we do to try to, to earn people's business.
1: And, and what Brent said, you know, we I'll tell everybody listening to this podcast, somebody asked me, Slay, what do you charge on commission? You know what I tell them? More than everybody else. And I 100% mean it. And they said, ah, what do you mean? And I said, I charge more than everybody else. And they said, I said, listen, if you're looking for a Kia, Kia dealership, if you're shopping for your realtor on price alone, I'm not your stop. If you want the best, you come here. If you just want somebody to do it for cheap, I'll give you their numbers. But remember, largest asset just you're going to sell. When you get your Ford Platinum worked on, you don't bring it to the cheapest guy. You best got to do the best service. Right. And what's better, your 1,000-acre track of land or your Ford Platinum? You know, I mean, like, it's and it's crazy that people do this, but it's kind of, oh, what do you charge? Or, I got a guy to do it 4%. Well, tell him good luck. When you get done with him, call me. We'll sell it. You know, and, and so if a guy can do it, you know, for something cheap, you know, like, so say, 4%, you know, how much money and time is he actually putting into it? If he can do it that cheap, there's a reason. He couldn't compete with the big boys. And, and you know, that's a, uh, I see these companies out there list for 1% and stuff like that. I'm like, that's all they had to work with. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing they had to get your business is I'm the cheapest. Well, guess what? McDonald's is cheaper than Ruth, Chris. Mm-hmm. And when, you, when you're trying to impress a girl, you ain't bringing her to McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Um, all right. Uh, we talked about discipline and family time, stuff like that. Um, you know, we talked about this a little bit. I'll hit on a little more. If you're a new agent or getting into real estate and what company you need to work with, what do they provide? You know, uh, I think education is huge in a United Country. We have a continuing education constantly. We have a new agent, um, what's called United Power. You can go to it, Kansas City. Our convention has all kinds of education. We're constantly having webinars. If you want to learn about a topic, whether it's auctions or, or land trust, you name it, United Country can provide that service. And there's other services, RLI and things like that, that can help you learn. But what is your company doing to make you be successful? Because if they're just, hey, you got your license, good luck to you. It's going to be a bumpy road. You need a mentor in this business. In fact, I think you need, I think, it. you know, with uh, with surveys, you know, you have to have a mentorship, I think, for a mm-hmm. year or two or something like that. I think that's how the real estate business should be. It's like professional testing. Yes. It's like, okay, whenever we release you to the world to represent people's number one <laughs> asset, you need to be skilled at you. But they don't do that, which is, is kind of surprising the way the because the uh, real estate commission, the, you know, people they're out there to protect the clients not the agents so if they're protecting the clients i think that would be a good idea i guess that's easy to say now that i have my license but when i first <laughs> got it, it may have been the best <coughs> all right let me see if i wanted to hit on any of the rest of this stuff um 84 percent of realtors are happy in real estate mm, after talking to some of them you wouldn't think that um let me see Okay, this is something okay the average first year agent makes fifteen thousand you know that's just a little over a thousand dollars a month and that's uh before taxes mm-hmm. so so something to think about you know okay if if the average realtor uh, makes fifteen thousand their first year I don't know what it costs you to live, but you need to figure that up and if you're going to be in real estate and the average makes fifteen thousand a year and you think you're gonna do better than average'll say you're going to do twenty twenty four you two thousand a month. You better have some money or a line of credit or something because there is, there's no guarantees in this thing. And look, it's crazy because you can sit there and you say, all right, in 30 days, I'm going to have this closed. And guess what? Title issue, two-week extension. Title issue, our survey deal, one month, 45 days. It's like, oh, I had planned on paying some bills on Monday with that closing I was going to have on Friday. Sorry, nobody cares.
2: Slade, what about the closing you and I had that's still getting extended?
1: Still I'm looking at it up there. It's still almost it's, a
2: year. Heck
1: it's a year and a half now. Yeah. So
2: title issues a, can throw uh, you know, two, three. A year extension. and a half.
1: Yeah. And that look, I, I had it listed at least a year before that. Um so these things they can just they can take a long, you know, long time. I'm doing work on a deal I've been working on for a year. I just got the listing. Got it under contract. We're going to have a three- to four-month survey on the deal. It's just a huge deal, and then we got to close. I mean, so you're you talking about a year and a half. Now, it's a big one. And it's worth it, but it's these things don't happen overnight, and guess what? The day you get it contracted, you don't get any money, so it's not like you can go pay bills with the, oh, I go to the bank. Hey, I got one contracted. Could y'all pay some of my bills? That don't work like that.
2: No, nope, that's when the work starts. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's when you get them contracted on that pending board, that's when the work starts. All right, Brent, I'm almost out of questions here. Um, so this is something that I wanted to discuss. Every podcast, we ask somebody, all right, Brent, I saw on the sign out there in Louisiana, I think the Powerball or one, one of the lotteries at 347000000 million. Let's say you won it tomorrow and you got a, uh, you know, they got to cut. Let's say you ended up with $200 million tax, you know, 200000000 million tax-free or whatever like that. Where are we buying land and why?
2: Two hundred million now. I'm probably going to northeast, Missouri, Iowa, Illinois, that corner up there, and I'm gonna try to buy something in all three states.
1: Lots of tax.
2: Mm-hmm. I li- that, that's I like it. That's kind of like the dream mm-hmm. property. And I know Slade and, and another one of our coworkers they they've started doing some buying up there, and, and what they have is special. I mean, it's it's. Good hunting here in southwest Mississippi, but when you go to the Midwest, it's another world. It's, it's nothing like it.
1: What um what's your would you be deer ducks turkey or just deer and turkey? Deer and turkey. What about uh would you what would you do here would you do anything here? I think I would want You got two hundred million
2: now. I know, yeah. Yeah. Honestly I've always thought, you know, 500 acres at home, where your house is, you know, having a large enough track that you could manage, have it set up nice. But really, you know, we can own 10,000 acres here in one spot or we can own, you know, 50 acres. If you have the right place, it can be very productive. Um, you know, southwest Mississippi is, is a really heavily timber-covered cover, area. I mean, you know, and being in the timber business, it's always – a great place, just because we have mills and everything here. But honestly, if I had that kind of money, I would want me a couple hundred acres where I live, and then I would probably want to invest in the Midwest.
1: I did, I noticed you didn't mention any elk.
2: Elk is uh put to you this way: we had a fifteen hundred acre um elk lease this year, and me and Scott Lindsay, our broker, we and and Ryan. New run. We uh we hunted on it at the same time, and I saw the same elk on the very south end and the very north end in the same morning. So, fifteen hundred acres to hunt elk on doesn't really give you a, a just a huge place to roam and, and cover, but also your terrain. If you're hunting mountains, you can be looking at two hundred acres just to the bottom of the mountain you're standing on. So, uh,
1: so unless you're John Dutton, you just need to buy exactly. A hunt.
2: If we, I mean, if we, if we thought about you know maybe buying the yellowstone that'd be different but it's uh the midwest i think it it would be everything i would want
1: i i I like it up there man it's just it's just different and if you grew up in the south hunting it's just i'm excited i hadn't talked to your brother-in-law since he left up there just to kind of see what his thoughts were and um it's just it's so i'm like brenda except i would be on the the northwest side i would be missouri iowa nebraska kansas right Mm -hmm. in there um it's a it's just it's just different up there nothing wrong with the south and and you know like that deer rooster killed this weekend that okay. triple drop time buck mm-hmm. i mean you know when you kill him like that that's once in a lifetime right.
2: once that deer's once in 10 lifetimes right i mean this is always going to be home for me and i'm always going to want to hunt deer at home because it's a different challenge you know midwest mm-hmm. it's it's a different ball game because it's you know the deer and turkeys and everything act totally different there but you know like the deer rusty killed that's that's a giant. And just not to go too much into detail, but the deer I'm hunting right now is a giant for mm-hmm. southwest Mississippi. Slade's hunted some deer like that before in, at home. And I think if I had to kill a 160 anywhere in the world and it mean the most, it would be right here at home.
1: I'll let you know what it feels like when I find out one day. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I can tell you that one
2: day.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've killed every 160 I've ever got on camera at home. Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and look, people like you know, me and Barrett were talking about it on the podcast. Is you know, you are what you kill. Like, I mean you you can't you can't consistently kill one fifties unless you consistently get one fifties on camera. Like in the areas I hunt, like no, I did have two different one hundred forty inch deer on my home place on camera this year. Neighbors killed them. Congratulations, on them good deer to kill. But like, I did have a one fifty on camera last year. We found him dead across the street on my neighbor. But like, that,
2: that just don't happen a lot. I'm sitting here counting. Since 2015. Don't tell on yourself too bad. No, no, I'm I'm not. Since 2015, that's seven years, I've had at least a 145 to 150 class deer or better that I've hunted and stayed on them all year at home in southwest Mississippi. I've killed one of them. Two of them got killed last year off the same, out of the same area. They were using the same place that I hunted. But, you know, it just goes to show you, you know, here at home, it's different. You got so much cover here. Deer don't really move in daylight near as much as they do in other places. But, you know, that kind of chase to me makes it makes it even more special. Oh, yeah. It, it's just I mean, it's
1: something special about killing a Exactly,
2: here. exactly.
1: It's you know I've gotten a couple over one fifty on camera actually at Dixon Creek place I sold I had probably a two deer over one fifty there that that I chased for a while and if I wouldn't have been self filming and bow hunting in the snow like a dummy I'd have killed one of them <laughs> but you know it is it would have been cool if I killed him I I, actually if Craig would have shown up to film I would have killed him because he was supposed to film that's a good excuse that's a very well blaming on Craig that's pretty right. easy to do exactly um, <laughs> actually I think his kid had to go to the doctor so yeah. that's, I'm gonna give him a break on then that. Slide. But um, you know, kind of getting back to all right, so if you're thinking about getting in your real estate license or you want to be a realtor, okay, it can be great. I love my job. This is what I'm put on this earth to do. Um, you know, the day you the day you get your license, I don't care if it's Mother Teresa, you're in competition with her at another agency. And there is only so much property or houses or commercial real estate that's going to sell in your area. So, you know, there's just so many pieces of the pie. And you can, you know, either you can get a little bitty piece of that pie or you can like me, I'm trying to get all the pie. And, you know, it's a uh, it's just it's competitive. And I'm going to tell you, this land business is I mean, it's extreme. I think we have seven or eight realtors just in Southern State Realty that sell in Amick County. You know, it, it's tough. You know, uh, I try to keep Wilkes and County to myself over there. I don't let Scott – I thought, saw Scott Lindsay at the store the other day, and I told him, I, don't let me see him again over in my county, you know. But uh, it's it's competitive, and there's more and more people getting into it constantly, and, and different companies are coming out, you know, some good companies. And, and you know, it's, it's a lot of competition. You just don't think, oh, I know a bunch of people. I know a lot, bunch of landowners. I'm gonna get my license. And I'm gonna make a whole bunch of money because there's the statistic: the average agent, eighty-seven percent of them don't make it after five years. In the first year, they make fifteen thousand a year. Um, it is a it, it it is a tough job. It's not. I tell you what. I asked everybody in the offices here today what they would like to, me to say on this podcast. I got. It's not easy you need work ethic. Everybody thinks it's going to be easy. It drives people crazy when they say you get to set your own hours, all the stuff we talked about. And somebody said they need to stay out of my couple of word business. Uh, But, and what, and why that is, is I hear it all the time. Hey, slave, you know, there's going to be a competitor. I want to come ride around with you and see what you do and stuff like that. Like, I'm not being mean, but this is how I provide for my family. And if you, Let's just say you come in Wilkeson County and get a hundred acre listing that I was supposed to get. Well, that's you know that that's money that didn't go to feed my family and provide for my family. So yes, it's I'll help anybody in any way I can. But at the end of the day, you know you got to be careful what you're asking of people. Like like I'm I would go ask Brent, hey Brent, can you give me all your buyers' email addresses? I'd like to call them about my listings. No, that's how Brent makes a living. Like and, and I don't know. It's uh you know the. Sean Payton doesn't go ask another coach, Hey man, can I look at your playbook? I'd like to improve mine. That's what you're asking. Let me, let me see your playbook to see if I'd like to pick anything out of it that I could do to make my business better. That's what you're asking. So, you know, it, it's not another realtor who doesn't want to give you some advice or things like that. I mean, you're, you're taking money and if, especially if you have another business that's working good for you, it's like, Oh, you're not happy where you're at. So you want to come get a, what some come get a what I can get now say all that to say it's a great business it's a fun business it's competitive it's extremely rewarding I think a lot of people getting their license right now when this market slows down which it will if it's a year from now two years from now or ten years from now when it slows down they're going to be looking for something that pays a little better because it's not going to always be like this you're not going to post on social media and people go freak out over a listing and get a couple offers it's not always been like that there will be a time when it slows down <coughs> But in the meantime, me and Brent are going to make haywire the sunshine.
2: Anything else, Brent? Uh, just to kind of back up what you said, uh, if you want to get your real estate license, you better have discipline. You better have patience. But you better be willing to work as hard or harder than anybody out there. And it's just you got to bring something to the table to, to be able to work for the right people, too, to start out. If not, start at the bottom and work your way up.
1: And you need to be able to replace things you would normally say when – look. Bottom line, people can be rude. And they can, especially when it gets emotional with real estate and stuff like that. And remember, a lot of times we're working for free. So like they hadn't like paid it. They didn't like give us 10 grand and say, all right, go go work for me. Like Mm -hmm. we're working for free in the hopes that we get paid. And then, you know, you get, you just have to bite your tongue a lot of times. And every once in a while you don't. But a lot of times you have to bite your tongue and replace bad words with, okay, I understand. I'll help you in any way I can. Or, or something to that effect because sometimes people are, people can just be rude. And if you are listening to that and you're, and you're thinking about buying some land or, or selling some land or whatever, remember these agents, they make a sale, they're working for free, mm-hmm. you know? So, so just remember that. But, uh, we're going to end this thing. Um, we're going to try to do one more in the next two weeks before. So we hit our goal of 20 episodes before uh, February 1st or right around February 1st. It's been a great first year. Deer season has been good. I haven't got to hunt a lot, but I've enjoyed myself. I, I, my favorite hunt of the year is bringing my kids. Uh, my little boy killed a buck. And then uh, I got my little girl. I killed a doe with her in the stand with me. That was just, that was just so much fun. And, and I remember hearing people talk about that growing up. I'm like, I don't how could how could that be as fun as you going hunting? And I see it now, hundred percent. It's just real fun seeing their eyes and me getting frustrated with them, and then it all coming together. It, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, a graduation, I guess, of being a hunter and an outdoorsman. Well, me and Brents will get out of here. We got to go sell some land so we can pay new Ryan. He cost a lot. He did. I see a docu sign came through while we were sitting here. He did sell a track of land a while ago. So um, we get to eat next month. So that's a good deal. Here we go. Later, Brent. Thank you. Thank you, man. Hey, thank you for listening to the Hunt and Landman podcast. If you will, take a moment, give us a five-star written review, guys. This really helps us out. And if you know anybody you think will be interested in this podcast, please share it with them.
0: Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.